one of the reasons for really wanting to get out and help educate folks is we are seeing financial exploitation is now coming in at almost 40% of all of our referrals. Um, it is really increasing, as the director said, and it's so true. You know, this pandemic has been devastating in so many ways, and it has really um, caused a lot of older adults to become isolated. And when they become isolated, things can happen to them. We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios. That's uh, located just south of downtown Columbus, Ohio. This is Brett. With me, as always, is Carol. How are you this morning? I'm good, Brett. How about you? Doing great. Wonderful. You know, for the past few years, we've all heard about scams and spam and hacks, and we're constantly hearing about identity theft, and boy, it's really, it's getting worse and worse each day. Here in Franklin County in Central Ohio, another type of scam has reached critical levels the financial exploitation of older adults. So today we're going to hear more about this issue and how we can protect our vulnerable seniors. So please welcome our two guests from the Franklin County Office on Aging. Orville Johns is the director of the agency and Carolyn Rankin, assistant director of support services. So thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Well, Director Johns, you've been with the agency for about a year and a half now. Congratulations on coming in right before COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Good timing on that one. <laughs> um, let's begin by providing uh, our listener with an overview of your background, your vision for the Office on Aging and how the agency has met the challenge over the past couple of years. So um, <clears throat> thank you and uh, welcome um, you guys for, and we thank you for inviting us. Um, yes, a year and a half, it's a difficult time. One of the things I wanted to say is like, just given my background, I've always been, you know, interested in public service. I, I have, a, I'm an engineer by training actually, but um, worked in a, you know, banking industry, investment industry, but public service has always been my love and I've always come back to public service. Um, my previous stop before coming to the Office on Aging was um, Director of uh, Domestic Relations Juvenile Court. And at that point, I worked with the, the most vulnerable you know, population with the younger people. And it was, it was stressful um, watching younger people struggle, you know, to be productive and um, sometimes being away from their families during that, that um, tender age. Um, we served them well, and, and we, we instituted a lot of new uh, policies and, and programs to um, improve their, their quality of life. And I, I took a, a moment away from that service um, just to take care of, uh, I have twins. I have uh, four-year-old twins now. But obviously in 2019, they were, um, we were trying to spend more time with them at that age group. So I kind of walked away from it. But um, during that time, and, and it was interesting because my, uh, my mother had passed in um, 2019. And um, I was focusing more on services for seniors. And, right, um, right. and we were trying to bring her to Ohio. She had passed just like Memorial, um, Memorial Day, actually. Um, and we were tr had a hard time finding services. And that's when I started, you know, looking into um, services for uh, the older population, trying to bring my mother here from Pittsburgh. Uh, I got a feel for what was available. Um, unfortunately, she did not get here. And then this position came open, and you know, it's fortuitous. People remembered my little struggle, and mm -hmm. um, so I was like, yeah, "I think that would be great if I can assist over there." And so that that love of service moved over to the other vulnerable population, the older adults. So that's that's my uh, my entry into this. We've run across that so many times that people oh accidentally gosh. run into this; uh, they <clears throat> fall into this sector, mm -hmm. and because right. of something happened in their life. 
Right. And and I think what individuals don't know, because I, I did the same thing. I was at Ohio State for 30 years and suddenly caregiver for my dad who was sick. My mom, who was his caregiver, passed away very suddenly. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you find out, number one, you have no clue what eat to even think about, what services are possible out there, what they may or may not be eligible for. Um, and all of a sudden, it's like a whole new world. And it's much harder to deal with an older adult who is in need of services than a child. I always said, you know, you can kind of wrangle child kids around, but you can't do that with a group of older adults. Right. So wonderful. So thank you again right. for coming with us. Now, Caroline, let's also provide our audience with information on your background and the work you're doing at FCOA. Thank you. Um, so, you know, actually, uh, somewhat similar to the director, um, my career, I actually um, also worked at Franklin County Juvenile Court. I was at a juvenile court administrator there, but then moved to the nonprofit sector. And in the work there um, with a not-for-profit um, was for 19 years, and I did a lot of work with seniors. And so my passion for seniors um, is very very large. I love working with them. And um, I've been with the agency for about 15 months, started um, over adult protective services. Now I also oversee um, caregiver support and kinship. So as you talked about caring for your 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 father and, and what comes with that, it is such an area that needs focus because 70% of older adults will need a caregiver. And right. oftentimes it is that family member and they don't know where to turn. They don't know what they can do for help. They don't know what's available for them. So, you know, helping folks understand what what they need to know and how we can help educate them is so critically important. So with the agency, it really is an opportunity for us or for me to to help educate. We have an aging population. Folks are living longer, they're they're living healthier, and they want to stay in the community. And we want them to stay in the community. We know that's where they can thrive the best, but we have to ensure their safety. And so with scams, which we will talk about today, that really impacts them. And so we want to help educate the community about this and what they can do to help better identify it, but also when it does happen, how they can report it, and really don't ever feel that blame because oftentimes people... Um, especially the older adults, they're embarrassed by it or they're like, no, no, and and they need to understand it happens to so many right. and there's help out there. I want to give a shout out to your staff in, in Adult Protective Services. They are phenomenal. Thank you. Um, Thank when you. I was at, at, an, at one of the nonprofit agencies, there were a few times that we needed to get somebody to go in and, and check on folks because it whether they were able to work or not, they they weren't at a place to to get a job and needed help and needed somebody to be looking after them. So you know, our thanks to those folks because it's yeah. not easy work. No, it, right. it it is not, but it's so it's so needed. And you know, I think I would say this: the older adults made this community and this country great. It's our turn to protect them and make sure right. their later years are ones they can enjoy and they're safe and they're great for them. Right, right. Thank you. Primarily in this episode, we want to make sure that we understand what the definition of financial exploitation is, you know, pinpointing it and and obviously the reporting. Otherwise, it it, it continues on. Uh, Director Johns, can you – let's define that term, financial exploitation, and describe the extent of the crime in central Ohio, what you guys are seeing. Thanks, Brett. Let me – Begin by saying one of the things we have at um, FCOA is we have a, a whole area called Adult Protection Services, and uh, Caroline, as she mentioned, um, mentioned that she was over that. Now we 
promoted her to be over the whole department. And and I will I defer to her at that point to talk about financial exploitation. But I wanted to just talk about that APS really focuses on abuse, neglect, and exploitation of older adults um, in Franklin County. And in Ohio, we have a number of people call us from different counties mm-hmm. because, you know, they may be living in a different county, but their their uh, their loved one is here or vice versa. So we, we um, often interact with different counties for adult protective services. Um, but we are also concerned about just during this, you know, pandemic, we use that word often, but there was a lot of uh, isolation that happened that allowed um, these exploitation and neglect to be on the rise um, because of the pandemic and because of the isolation of those um, older adults. Um, exploitation has been more prevalent. And so we were focusing on, at this point, financial exploitation and providing a media outreach and um, educational campaign on, on um to make them aware of it, but more so also to make the the uh, providers and nonprofits aware of what's going on and how we can assist. So, Caroline, please just go ahead and uh, speak a little bit more on that. So, yeah, as the director said, um, Adult Protective Services investigates allegation of abuse, neglect, self-neglect, and, and exploitation. The focus with financial exploitation, it has risen substantially. There was a change also. Back in 2018, there was substantial change to elder um, to the elder justice law and a lot more focus on it. And financial exploitation really came to the forefront at that time. And at that point, the law changed. It substantially expanded the, the people who had a mandate report. And mandated reporters became those financial institutions, banks, things like that, um, investment workers. I mean, so they are now mandated to report to us. But part of what also came in was just helping. We saw it's not just that you have to report, but how can we also work together and educate the community on what this is? So one of the reasons for really wanting to get out and help educate folks is we are seeing financial exploitation is now coming in at almost 40% of all of our referrals. Um, It is really increasing, as the director said, and it's so true. You know, this pandemic has been devastating in so many ways, and it has really um, caused a lot of older adults to become isolated. And when they become isolated, things can happen to them. Other folks are not seeing them. Other folks are not becoming aware. Or people are coming into their lives who do not have the best intent. So what we want we want folks to know is that if you suspect financial exploitation, you need to make folks aware and we can investigate it. And that means, you know, someone becoming um, becoming part of a bank account that they have never been on that bank account, someone coming into the bank with an older adult um, and having them withdraw funds and large amount of funds that this person historically has not um, you know, withdrawn, um, <clears throat> signing over um, paperwork. And, you know, it could be something like um, they've changed the notification on bank accounts from the adult to this new person. Oh, they don't want to be bothered. The older don't. Uh-uh. Red flag. I mean, we have to be aware of what's going on. Um, let me ask a couple of questions here to make sure I'm on the right track. When you talked about the elder justice law and that notion of mandated reporting, that's very similar to what teachers have to do for abuse for with children yes. in the classroom. So that's phenomenal. That I mean, that's a huge change yes. that, that at exactly the source of yes. the financial holding yes. is responsible. Yes. So, I mean, and that that's wonderful. The other thing that all of a sudden hit me, and it was kind of from our conversation before we actually started taping, mm-hmm. this notion that there are not only more seniors, 
people living longer, but families not close by. Right. There's much more um, distance. And just because you're connected by, you know, Zoom or Facebook does not mean that somebody is coming to your house and realizing there's no food in the refrigerator because they don't feel like they have money to spend. And what's happening? Where is it going? Right. What's happening? So, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. And, and, and I think to also say in that point, when you're not seeing that person, that older adult can say, I'm fine. Everything's good. Right. Well, they tell me they're fine. But have you been there? Have you been out to the house? Have you seen what's going on? Do you know who's coming to their lives and what their intent is? We always want to assume positive intent, but you need to understand who's engaging with them. And there are things as, you know, some of the things we talk about and how you can help them because you're absolutely right. So many families are spread apart and they're not in the same community. Community and seeing their, you know, their old, their mom or their dad or their aunt or you know grandparent, um, you know, being able a trusted person being on that bank account so they can see what's going on. Again, as long as it is a trusted person, because it's not always right. The, the right person. But there are so many things you can do to be proactive, so to stop this from happening. Because I will tell you, when somebody sees the opportunity to exploit an older adult, they're going to take it. But they're going to, you know, be working with that individual, and they'll push some things. And as they get away with it, it will continue. Right. So what are the things you can do to be proactive? And and technology has made it easier to exploit folks, but technology is also making it easier for families to help. So Uh, let me address that part about technology because we are actually um, in in a situation where there's a part of the population that still is not connected to the technology. So they're being exploited still through phone calls and through mailings. But then there's still... television ads. Correct, and television ads. And so, and then there's that new, you know, I guess more modern, so to speak, where they're on emails and they're on text, you know, and they're getting that type of um, contact and introduction into exploitation. So, you know, people will figure out a way to do wrong mm-hmm. and, and to harm, you know, the most vulnerable. And that's what's happening um, in this industry. And of course, we're talking about at this time of, of year, um, it's just something that's um, when there's money involved in things, when people are trying to be bigger givers, right? Um, people are willing to pick up the phone and, and talk about, hey, we have, we, do you have the opportunity to give to a certain organization, to an agency, to a, to a family? And people are more willing to say yes. And that's the beginning. That, that could be an entryway into exploitation. Right. And once you're, unfortunately, once you're exploited, you're like on this list and they will continue to call you back and continue to call you back. And so it could be, you know, again, around the holidays, the, the you know, gift card scam. Please do not send gift cards to, to help somebody. That is not the way payment would ever be. The grandparent scam, where they're going to call you saying they're your grandson or granddaughter and they need your help. And what I always say to people is take a deep breath. I know you want to react. Ask them some questions this person wouldn't know. What's the name of your dog? What's your mother's maiden name? What's the high school you went to? Then they'll hang up on you. Take the time before you do anything. Make those phone calls. Um, but they are, they go after the most vulnerable. And unfortunately, what we see is once they have them, they will continue to exploit them. You know, and, and I have to say, too, that things have, I've seen things happen that the intent was positive, but it could have been disastrous. So uh, an older friend of mine got a phone call from her local bank. And this young man from the bank was absolutely above board, but I think he saw the opportunity where she could move money into an annuity. 
So he's giving her this song and dance about, oh, well, you know, your money's not protected and you're going to have to go, you know, your your heirs are going to have to go through probate and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, she calls me all panicked and I'm like, you know, uh, this is, this is, he's just trying to sell you something. And not that it was illegal, but, it, you know, it's really not moral. <laughs> right. And and you always have to stop. People sh- should not be calling you over the phone. Right. I mean, things, government agencies will not call you over the phone and ask for your social security number. They're not going to do that. Right. It has to be in writing. It should be the bank. It shouldn't be doing this over the phone. Are you interested in learning more how you can do, be- your money can give you a better um you know, return, can you come into the bank? I mean, it's not doing it over the right. phone. Um, and and be somebody who can mm-hmm. communicate well with an older adult mm-hmm. because they're probably not hearing everything right. very well and you're talking way too fast for them to understand. And right. I think that was the situation. Right. And again, this goes back to the point of why having somebody else, a trusted person, your daughter or your son on that bank account so they can help with that conversation. Right. I'm glad you were there for that person and they felt comfortable calling you, but so many people don't right. have that. Right. They don't have Absolutely. that. Absolutely. There's, there's a, uh, an additional um, scam that's going on with technology is when, um, let's just say I, I become a little bit more uh, tech savvy and and someone emails me a request to you know, donate something to someone, and it's it's something of dear to my heart. You know, it could be just you know work for pets, or you know, it could be for the homeless, or um, and it says you know provide a donation. And let's just say I I say well you know what? I don't give fifty dollars, but then there may be a box underneath to say if you don't want um, to um, continue. Um, Providing fifty dollars in the future, uncheck this box. Mm-hmm. Right, uncheck the box. And if I didn't read that, you know, I've given them permission now to go in and take fifty dollars out of my account, you know, or every off my month. card every right. month or every other week, depending on what it says. And that's part of, you know, you they just, you know, pulled on your heartstrings and like, yes, I, you know, that puppy that's so cute. Uh, I'll, I'll give money to that, and then. You know, if I don't read further down, which a lot of times, you know, you've got to um, enlarge the print to see that part. And if I didn't, you know, unchecking a box is, is not normal. It's not something exactly. that you your, your thinking process follows. It's check the box if you want to do something, not uncheck the box that I'm going to do that you yep. don't know about. Right. So that's a major piece to this because it's, it's, um, it's actually depleting um, checking accounts of older adults. I mean, quickly, and they're finding out, yeah, when do they look at their accounts? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they're trying to get some services or food or whatever. Or and they're, 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 they're too embarrassed to absolutely. try to fix it. As Carolyn mentioned, yes. Yeah. And, and thank you for bringing that up because that's, you know, the other piece is we, as mandated reporters, how can we as Adult Protective Services work with more agencies, working with the police to say this is substantial exploitation going on and can you look at it as a criminal charge because we cannot charge anybody mm-hmm. criminally and also working with the banks to say is there ability to freeze accounts so that at least we can do this investigation so as the director says before you know it everything's depleted and this person doesn't have any money and people have worked really hard for the money and we have seen exploitation with all dollars amounts it has gone into the millions but it's also been you know if it's twenty thousand dollars that's a lot of money that's oh a lot that's a lot of money well, if it's ten thousand so we don't want to see it happen to anyone part of the issue of of the, and the value that Franklin County Office on Aging brings to older adults is 
helping them get services where they're not depleting mm-hmm. their bank accounts. So right. now here it's going for somebody else's benefit. So Caroline, let's let's step back a second here. So what the agency is trying to do is a huge information campaign. Correct. Um, helping folks understand if you think exploitation, any again, if there's a concern, call us. You can call us directly at 614-525-4348. You can talk to us about the situation. We have the staff that will take the referrals and then we can review it. If we feel it is exploitation, we will screen it in. But what we will also do, if for some reason we look at the situation and it's not something, we will always call an individual back and say, all right, let's talk further about this case. Because even if we can't serve them through Adult Protective Services, we want to link them to resources that they can get. And that's really important. Working with the bank. So if a bank is the person, the agency giving us this referral because they are mandated reporters, what have you done? So if they've gone ahead and they're doing their own investigation and they've frozen an account, it's like, okay, that gives us a little bit of breathing room to then go in and do additional investigation to talk to that older adult. Um, With the older adults, oftentimes they're so embarrassed. And I'm like, do not be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. This happens to so many. Let's figure out what's going on because the biggest thing is we don't want it to continue to happen. Um, Financial institutions have a lot of protections in place where money can be refunded and given back to them. That's that's, that's, that's a good point. That's really important why you want to work with your financial financial institutions. You know, a a credit card is protected, but savings and checking. So the quicker you can work with them, and that's why they are doing it, and they have the things that automatically flag it if they're seeing something. So the more we can talk, we can look into it, and we can work together, the more success we're going to have protecting that older adult. And so again, getting the word out, it's not just um, to, and and again, so many times an older don't, if it is a family member who was doing it, and oftentimes it is a family member, unfortunately, they don't want to bring any charges for it, or they just don't want it. But how is it going to stop then? And mm-hmm. so, again, having that conversation, and maybe if they're not going to bring charges against a family member, that other family members are aware of it so they can then, moving forward, help that and protect that older adult. You were talking about the banks as other agencies that you're working with. Are there other agencies? And my other part of that question is we're looking at Franklin County how do folks living outside of Franklin County, do all of the county agencies? Yes. All eight? agencies, 88 counties have 88 adult protective services. So every um, every um, county would have adult protective services. All banks, all financial institutions have to report. That's a national. Um, it's, yeah, it's Ohio. Okay. Ohio, Ohio changed okay. the law, made it much more, really put a lot of parameters around um abuse, neglect, and exploitation of older adults with the change okay. in the law. So um, financial institutions across the state have to have to report. So that is a good thing. So it's going to be consistent throughout the state of Ohio. Um, the two, Again, working with your local police department to talk about criminal charges. The other is the Department of Commerce. The State Department of Commerce, when exploitation occurs or it is alleged, and a bank or a financial institution makes a referral to us, they also make it to the Department of Commerce. The Department of Commerce does have the ability to subpoena. They have this ability to, to charge. So that is another entity that we are working with because, again, I think the more we can collaborate and work together, the more we can ensure an older adult is safeguarded. So if our if our listener is from outside of Ohio, in Ohio, look, you've got 
you got resources. You don't don't hesitate to use your county resources outside of Ohio. If they can't find anything within their own county, call the State Department of I Aging. Would, I would say the State Department of Aging, and you can also go to the federal government. The federal government has a lot that they are doing at the federal level regarding scams, and I can send you additional websites that you could make available. Right. Uh, because again, here. So many scams. Again, you think about the internet. You you get a lot of people get scammed overseas. So what the federal government is trying to do is catch these people because it can be so challenging. So we do a lot of reporting to the federal level because these scammers are going across all states. So I can give Wonderful. you federal resources. So as audience, well. it, all that information will be in our show notes for for this this episode. Wonderful. Okay. There, there's um uh, you know Brett, you mentioned about. Um, te- te- technology and and older adults. And one of the, another way that you see explo- exploitation is when someone's hacking into your accounts. You know, we forget that even if I'm not tech savvy as an older adult, my accounts are online and someone can hack in. And if they, to Caroline's point, once they know you're vulnerable, you're the target. No one wants to work hard to be, to be mm-hmm. a criminal, mm-hmm. you know, and if they find out they can get into my account and start taking money out, we tend to, you know, p- people who are a little older, they tend to look at their account less. You know, they they have a fixed income and they, they set things in like we know when I need to go shopping. They know when they need to, you know, go get gas in the car. It's it's set. But rarely do you see them monitoring their accounts. So those things, you know, as I mentioned before, someone can uh, provide a, a scheme of, asking you for a donation, but then there's the, the scheme of just hacking into an account and you don't know anything about it until it's gone. So there's so many ways, merit of ways that today that people are being exploited. And yes, it's, you know, it's not just, you know, and even in the form of neglect is ex- exploitation as well, but financial um, schemes are becoming so prevalent and so difficult to catch and to actually provide the finances back into those accounts of those older adults, a lot of times the money's gone. Mm-hmm. And and it has set them um, them back so far that their quality of life is impacted. Right. And then the length of, of years are impacted. Their health is impacted. Sometimes they can't get their their homes um, up upgraded. So now their homes aren't safe. You know, there's so many things that happen, and, and we just look at it as money being gone. But it's nutrition. They can't afford food. They can't afford health care. Um, they can't really deal with transportation. And then you got a home that's probably cold because they can't, mm-hmm. you know, provide, um, pay utility bills. and all. So it is a very gruesome do, crime. Do we have any idea in terms of dollar amount? What what are we talking oh, about in Ohio? It's, um Actually, I, I, I should have brought that figure because it's in it's over a billion dollars a year. It is unbelievable how much the impact is. And I think the director just said it really well, the, the impact that it has to the individual and and their their livelihood and how they live. And it's not just money gone. This is money that they they need to continue to live. And so the right. impact. And, and and from the top of the show, we were talking about older adults want to stay home. You know, these services that they may need are not necessarily free. Correct. And, and so every penny that an older adult has is is 
critical for them to be able to remain at home. Absolutely. They've worked hard and they they deserve to have that money protected so they can use it when they need it. You know, um, people are living longer. They want to they they want to stay in their homes longer. They may have many years in which they'll need assistance. That is going to take dollars. That's how that money should should be available for that. And when it is exploited and taken from them, now it's no longer available. And the one other thing I, I would say is I would really encourage, you know, we talk so much about what folks can do um, to, to protect their money. But if younger people are listening to this, again, as a family member, talk to the financial institutions about ways you can be proactive. Again, not to start challenging mom and dad on everything they're spending, but there are many alerts that can be done on bank accounts to say to all of a sudden a, a red flag. And so again, how quickly they can do it. But so often an older adult may be like, I don't want you to look at my bank account and know what I'm doing. I'm not going to start questioning what you're spending your money on. I want to make sure you're protected. So I think the more we can get into that those kind of actions and put those things in place, the more we can prevent this from happening. Right. Um, so if I can add to that, um, if you really look at it in terms of your independence, um, once you're once you're financially um, challenged, your independence becomes challenged. Right. And so we're trying to keep you in your home as long as possible and and provide a, a longer form of independence for you. These are the things that we concern ourselves with. And um, one of the things that I think care, uh, under Caroline's uh, Department of Services is that uh, we have caregiver and kinship. And we are now involved when uh, people over six, 55 and 65 are caring for relatives that are, you know, their grandchildren, their, their, their brothers or sisters, kids. And part of that money is for them to live. So if I have, you know, if I'm receiving money in, in my, in, um, as far as my account and I'm using that really to, to raise my grandkids, when that's gone, now the quality of life for my grandchildren is also impacted, which now they may get involved in some shady deals as well because now they, they are trying to struggle to, to live as well. So this is a community impact when this happens. We shouldn't look at it as that happened to that individual. Anytime someone is scammed, especially an older adult, it impacts the whole community, and that's what we need to be focusing right. on. Well, and, and, and an older adult who thinks that their kids are going to not only question what they're spending, but question their ability to take care of themselves yes. are fearful yes. for getting pushed out of their house. Yes. And so it, it really... And what we really, when even as Adult Protective Services, our goal is we're here to help you. We, we know you want to stay in the home. What can we do? We need to ensure it's done safely. But what you just said is too often what we hear is, oh, my gosh, if my kids hear about this, they'll think I can't stay in my home any longer and they're going to take me out of the home. No, we need to ensure that those conversations are happening and happening in a safe way that that older adult feels like I still have my independence. I still have the ability to make choices. But you're absolutely right. The fear that comes with them. So then what happens? They don't report anything and the scamming continues. Right. The exploitation continues. Right. Caroline, there's so much information here, and um, I'm I'm sorry, my head's reeling. So I'm sure that that audience members are like thinking, what, what, what? So let's talk about how do they find information? Do they just go to the website? Is there information going out on billboards or Facebook or you know whatever? And how can we also make sure that we are providing this information to other people? Are there like information or pamphlets or bulletins or mm -hmm. flyers or something that people can get and send on to other 
yes. friends and family? So great question. And yes, um, we're trying to get the information out through every avenue we can. So um, you can go to our website at um, the Office on Aging, Franklin County Office on Aging. We have information there. Um, on and we'll have all this contact information yes. on the show notes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we are doing, or our communications department is doing a great job putting things out on social media, putting it out on Facebook, putting it out paper. Because what we do know is is older adults do like the traditional paper. And so get getting the word out there, because they may not be on Facebook. They may right. not be on LinkedIn. They may not be on Twitter. Exactly. Um, so using all different um, venues, we are doing it through local local media, such as yourself, and getting getting the word out. Because if they do watch the local news, we want them to see it that way. So we are really trying to address it, not just um, give it to the older adults through avenues that they they feel comfortable with, but then younger adults so for fa- to help their family members. Um, and then, yes, we have lots of documents that we can get to show notes so they would have additional resources. Again, you can always call our office because then we can always take that information and talk you through that. And that gives you someone to talk to and and discuss this. Right. The financial institutions are key. Um, you know, where I've talked about the change in law really brought to the forefront financial ex, um, exploitation. And so we are working hard to collaborate with them so they know as they are seeing it, it's not just about making that referral, but it's actually having a contact um, at your Office on Aging, Adult Protective Services. So, you know, we can have those those conversations because oftentimes we need to follow up and find out what's going on from their end. You know, audience members, I think that what is so wonderful about our Office on Aging, and it's Franklin County as well as, as all the other counties, is that... Um, Oftentimes, you're not really you. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And so you need to talk to somebody. And here are readily available experts for you to talk to. So it it it's a and and I guess too, I want to encourage individuals to really sit back and think. Okay, um, my aunt is at a nursing home, and who's watching over what's going on? And is there somebody there? And if not. How can I get help mm-hmm. for her? Because right. I may not be able to do it myself, right. but don't not ask the question. Right. Yeah. So we always assume with each episode that we do, we, you know, we're offering information, but we also know that there may be a listener that comes into the, this is their very first podcast and the title of the podcast interested them. It's like, okay. And we also know there may be a listener that's like, that's happening. So the, the reporting process, mm-hmm. when if when you think something is going on, what does that person need to have in hand rather than just, I think this is happening, or maybe that's just enough. Is there Mm -hmm. material? Is there more information that they should have on hand when they give you a call to get the process going? Great question. And the first thing I want to share is anybody who reports to Adult Protective Services, it is confidential. It will always stay confidential. Our records Mm -hmm. can get subpoenaed and I have to redact Okay. the name of that individual. And because that so often is a fear. Somebody is like, I don't want to call in because that I don't want this person to know. No one will ever, ever know. Um, so, and calling in and providing us with your name and contact information as a referral source is so important because we may have to get back in touch mm-hmm. with you. So we always ask, but please know it is, it is confidential. It is never provided to anyone. 
by law, when a referral comes in, yes, the more information you can provide us, the better. Um, again, financial institutions have a lot of details to give us, but we will also call them back to get more to understand from there and what they're doing. As a family member or a neighbor or someone, the more you can provide us on the situation, um, it could be believe the person is being exploited. There's someone in their lives now who has never been here, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they've moved in, and they're living there, and they're not paying anything, and they're taking... That's a form of exploitation. You know, they, they've moved into this individual's home, and now they're living there off of this individual. They're not working. Um, it's not just getting access to the bank accounts, but it's taking advantage of that person. So, you know, giving us the scenario of what's going on, um, you know, when this started to occur, who these individuals are, because again, we're going to go in with as someone to help. But the more information we can have, um, the better the investigation can go. By law, we must investigate within 72 hours of a referral coming in unless it is deemed an emergency. And then we have to go out within 24 hours. Also, we must complete an investigation within 30 days. Our turnaround time is very quick. We can ask for an extension if we need it for 15 days, but the intent is to quickly do an investigation so that, because again, this is allegations of abuse, neglect, exploitation. We want to quickly address it. Um, And if we need to, we can move a case into ongoing because ongoing services may need to occur. So for example, with exploitation, it may be if somebody is truly being exploited, ensuring that things are put, safety put in place. Maybe it means a payee being appointed for a person. I mean, the most extreme case would be a guardian because they can't make the decisions, but we can put cases into ongoing. But the majority of our cases um, are investigated and they don't move into ongoing, but we do collaborate with many others. Mm -hmm. The goal of Adult Protective Services is not long-term case management, but what we do do is link them with other services. So we know at the time of closure, things are in place so that person is can remain safely in the community. If I thought something was going on and I reported it and it actually wasn't going on, right. am I liable? No, yeah. no. So that is in the law, and I'm happy to send you that. Without ill intent, it, no one is held liable. If someone maliciously sent um, a referral and people will say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we'll have issues sometimes with family members and that can be an issue if a referral kept coming in. Um, But since the time I've been there, we've never seen anything of ill intent. So no, no one is liable. And that referral source is it's confidential. No one can ever disclose it. And like I said, even if our records are subpoenaed, we must redact that information. Great. Good. Carol, you had um, began to talk about, again, just the confidentiality. One of the things that um, can happen is that the exploitation is happening from another family member, and I don't want to be known as the one calling in on them. Right. So, you know, confidentiality is, is crucial in that case because, again, the people... We think about people being being exploited from people they don't know, mm-hmm. but, but often exploitation can come from the people closest to you. And if you know, if you feel powerless because it's somebody older in the family or a little stronger positioned in the family, so you don't want to to call and you know and bring that up. That you know, being um, providing that in confidentiality is something that's going to allow you to at least reach out to protect the, your loved one. So uh, before we end, we mm-hmm. also want to hear about all the other things that are going on at Franklin County Office on Aging. And um, Brett and I both want to give a heads up to and, and thank you to you and your team, because needless to say, we, we love 
FCOA and and all of the folks who work there because we know how hard you all are working. And it's um, Franklin County is huge in terms of the number of older adults living here. So lots of work. But tell us, uh, you know, any other secrets going on over there? Well, let me say this first. This past year, we um, were really working um, hard on encouraging vaccinations of this population, of the older population, and work with Franklin County Public Health to uh, actually get that done. And the collaboration with that um, that agency was very productive. And um, we helped with appointments. We've helped set up appointments. We called the people who are receiving services from our agency to get them uh, scheduled and also to provide free transportation to I- and from Yes. Their, their, their vaccinations. And so it also was offered to anyone of 60 and older that even if they weren't receiving services from the Office on Aging at the time, we were making sure that we provided that. And again, um, meals, lack of meals, um, poor nutrition during this time just because of the isolation was, was huge. And so the, uh, our ability to provide uh, more home-delivered meals was increased through the uh, generosity of the uh, County administration, they saw it as a need, and they kept saying, "Hey, you know, um, uh, Orval, if you need um, funding for more uh, meals, just let us know." So that continued to happen quarterly, so we can feed that population. So again, just um, we focus on isolation, providing um, um, a relationship with um, the Adam H uh, on mental health. We did a campaign with them, and um, we focused on. Um, vaccinations for that population. We did that relationship with uh, public health, Franklin County Public Health, and with um, the city of Columbus as well. We, we did some things with them. And then the mills. We did um, mills with a number of our agencies. So um, those are the things that we're, we were focusing on um, that was critical during this past year. And what we're looking forward to is, and, and, and we're excited, but um, some of the major concerns that we're going to address is kinship with, uh, as I mentioned, just um Briefly earlier, it's just that kinship is generally dealing with someone who who's um, uh, 55 and older who is taking care of a, uh, a relative that is not their biological child. I mean, there's some other parameters there, but that's the uh, Reader's Digest version of that. And um, it's becoming a huge issue. It can almost, you know, reach crisis level because, you know, the opioid um, epidemic was one of the, the um, leading drivers of um, older adults getting custody of their grandkids. They walk in court because their son or daughter, you know, mm-hmm. was, was strung out. And and then they're finding out, well, you're, you got to go away to either, you know, receive treatment or unfortunately you may end up having to do some time and who's going to take care of these children. And generally at that point, judges may or magistrates may say, hey, look, you know, we're going to, you know, uh, put them in the custody of their grandparents. Now that you know, parent just walked out with, you know, two, three more mouths to feed. So kinship is is, is growing, um, and it's going to become, again, a bigger crisis. And then we're dealing with also um, caregivers. We're, there's kind of a health care shortage. And so more people have a need for caregivers to come into their home and, and help with that. And so that's, that's becoming a little larger. Um, but there's also, we talked about a worker shortage. So... Um, there are less healthcare providers, you know, for a number of reasons. I won't go through all those reasons, but um, and also transportation is becoming more of a difficult situation because not many people are 
um, looking to get back into that area because some people with COVID, it was like, well, I don't trust being in a car mm-hmm. with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, we still provide it and, and we have, you know, uh, partnerships with folks who take precautions um, when they're driving, you know, so we're confident in that area. Um, but uh, another major concern we're concerned about is that is a housing issue that's involving um, people, you know, of 60 and older. And, and you know, they are um, faced with, you know, not having a safe place to be. Some of them are, you know, if you talk to the shelter houses, they're finding out more and more people of that age is, is filling their, their, um, their shelters. And so uh, it's not just that. It's that even if I'm in my home, I can't afford my utilities. Even if I'm in my home, um, I'm behind on either my mortgage or my rent. How do I get help with that? And, and then we have those who are seeking safer environments. And, we, you know, we need a, a, a housing navigator um, that can help them connect with the different resources out there so they can find safe um, and affordable homes. So, yeah, as we move forward, we're excited about the opportunity to find better ways to serve that population, and um, we're confident we'll be able to do that. No, and I don't know if I'm a big data person, but, you know, one of the things for folks to understand is 18% of our population in Franklin County is 60 and older. That's oh, that's over 238,000 uh, adults, and that's that's a big number. A message to all of our listeners in Central Ohio, we have incredible resources, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's just knowing who to call to find out about those resources. So thank you so much for that. Well, thanks to both of you for being with us today. Uh, listeners, of course, we're going to have uh, more information on everything we talked about in the show notes, as well as our website, lookingforwardourway.com. But thank you both for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for inviting us.